This is an ad-free edition of the DNBR podcast. We'll throw this up on the podcast feed. Of course, it's also live. We like to do these live interactive shows. So send us in your questions on Periscope, on Twitter, however you want to do it, and we'll get to them live on the show. But first, everybody, I'm a little hungover. Yeah. This is what you put out. I'm stealing your tweet. <laughs> I am a little hungover. You were absolutely right. Adrenaline hangover, An right? adrenaline hang, A happiness hangover. You're only supposed to be so happy in life, and I exceeded that last night watching Michael Porter Jr. I wrote this in the player grades, but last night it felt like MPJ provided what this season's been missing. Oh, they've, yes. They've been so good. They've been effective. They're winning games. But that found money, something special might be happening on any given night kind of vibe. I felt that last night. And I know I'm supposed to be a reporter or a journalist. I was jumping around. I was screaming. I was having fun. I think you can jump around if you're a reporter or journalist in your own home. Uh, I mean, it was just exciting basketball. It was... Oh, you felt something? Exhilarating no, basketball. I like this idea of journalism as like the Night's Watch. It's like... The Witchers. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. Have, mm, no. Kawhi um, Leonard hits the shot in the corner. You just have to keep a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even say like, whoa. When... when so in the press box, I do think there is something to that. Like we do, you do have to have the professionalism in the press box, it, present at the game or whatever. But the one time that broke, I think in four years for me, was the this year the Jokic game winner against. Yeah. It, in part because the crowd was just so great, but in part because it was an amazing shot to cap off a comeback. And I think at the time I did something like, "Oh my god!" Like, well, you you can have reactions like that. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, I, I feel weird about it anyway. But um, I mean, when, when Nikola Jokic had the fastest triple-double in league history, yeah. I'm glad I didn't have a camera on me then. <laughs> you were just unbelievable. It was crazy. It keeps going. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. had the fastest 25 points in it. Okay, that's not true. <laughs> but it sure felt like it. Um, no, was, it I, was it the dopest 25 points ever scored? Maybe this season. Yeah. I, I'm not joking. I, same thing. I really was screaming – Watching the game, like it's incredible, I was actually like, oh, I can't believe it. That last shot, it wasn't even his best one, but it was just the last one. And it was like, oh my god, he keeps going. I just, mm-hmm. you kept waiting for him to miss like two in a row, right, right, or two, and he just wouldn't do it, man. It was, it was absolutely incredible. First question I have for you guys. I guess this is kind of a downer. <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> Good job, Adam. No, it's not really a downer. Will this be MPJ's best game of the season? All right, I just want important qualifier. If it wasn't, oh boy. <laughs> like, very few players are going to have a better season period, a better game this season at all. Um, so maybe not. It probably is his best. Probably is his best game of the year because of the percentage, right? Yeah, he was eleven for twelve from the. Four. He probably won't go eleven for twelve. I think it's probably going to be his best game of the year. It's not going to be the most important oh, thing he does this year. Right. That's that's you did it. You did it right, man. Yeah. That's the right. There's going to be a game later in the season, maybe in the playoffs, maybe. Mm-hmm. Where higher leverage, a, a more of a, like a must-win situation, and I think there's going to be a, a chance when he steps up there. That's going to be more impactful. But, yeah, I mean, 10 of 11 from the field, probably not doing that again. <laughs> probably not. If he, Although he does have a game where he was 8 for 10, which yeah. is not that far behind. <laughs> this was just such an impressive game, and some of it was just tough shot making, right? Like, I don't – he's not going to shoot 100% on step-back side-stepping three-pointers. Right. Um was I guess this is kind of a dumb question, but this was the breakout game. Yes, Brendan, we talked about this last game, but was is this the breakup game, a breakout game? Yeah, absolutely. I th- I tweeted this last night as well. Um, I love that I'm finally a journalist, so I get to say I tweeted this <laughs> in reference to myself. That felt an awful lot like a moment, like a December fifteenth moment, like the one where it's twenty twenty. In any version of the brighter timelines for MPJ, we look back at this game and we go, yeah, that's where it started. Very disappointing in the disappointed in the lack of the Nuggets are seeing twenty twenty or twenty twenty. Yeah, vision. I'm not. I was pretty. No, I was really excited for all easy. of those across no, every. <laughs> everybody had the same headline. It would have been great. I actually realized that uh, I had on uh, Locked On Nuggets called a podcast the MPJ breakout game we've been waiting for, and then I had. <laughs> that's what I made. The well, I mean, if he, job, I don't know if he keeps. Going on this trajectory, there's going to be more MPJ games that we've well, been let's waiting hear it, for. Sacramento, I had coming out party. Yeah, and this is breakout game. Is Ooh, that fair? I is like it. Yeah, what's, what's the next step, though? Um, it's all over for everyone. <laughs> yeah. League ruined. Titles plural. Yeah, yeah just plurals. Um, well, Michael Malone, he did have that quote the other day, right? He said, "I'm here to win championships." Ooh. Not let's a, focus not, on the one. Yeah, I still loved it, though. I was yeah. like, you know what? Hell yeah, let's not do this. Not one, not two, not, not three. 
Can you imagine Malone with that one? <laughs> that would have been great. He would have to be on such a heater. That would have to be like after they, you know, have like 50 assists on 60 made field goals and MPJ goes 10 of 10 from the field. Bull Bull gets in for a fourth quarter stint. Yeah. I'm here to win rings. I think you now have to play Bull Bull. It's not the smart decision, <laughs> but you, have, you just have to do it. It could be anything. Yeah. Um, I do look forward to doing this whole thing again, though, next year with Bull Bull. The, honestly, maybe Pete. For we beat. talked about this last season, but how fun is it for Nuggets fans to kind of have the best of both worlds? They've got a, a a core that's contending right for the conference title, but they've also got those kind of like ace in your hole, like wild card kind of high draft pick type players. In well, that's what happens when you don't skip steps, Brendan. That's right. That's exactly yeah. what happens for you when you stick to the plan. <laughs> yeah. You don't go too fast. You don't you don't skip steps. And when you lose that game in overtime in Minnesota, yeah, any two. We you, we both laughed when he said we don't skip steps. We haven't hammered home that enough, because here's another question for you. Now with this breakout breakout game, and really a breakout week, because there's been a couple of really big MPJ moments now. How can we grade Malone's handling of mm. of MPJ, and does this sort of recontextualize how you how you view that, or how people should view that? Yeah, I think it validates some of the original opinions we were espousing here, just about the value in making everyone earn it in the window of malleability and coachability that a player of MPJ's caliber might have, I would say a minus. And the only reason it's not an a or an a plus we could point to some of those blowouts where we all expected to see him play. And he Ooh, didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's the general approach. Um, I think you had to take that to, to have a chance at getting the best version of Michael. Yeah. I'd say around an a minus to an a two. Um, it, it was a tough task for sure. No kidding. It was a tough, tough task. Probably was it tougher than the Isaiah Thomas t- situation? Yes. Yeah, because it has longer. T- I mean, IT yeah. was always a one-year guy, right? And MPJ is the guy who could be here for the next seven years. So in that respect, it was probably a tougher task. And you had that to deal with coming into a season where the expectations have never been higher, and the talent here has never been better. Like we were talking about this on the show last night. Nuggets bench has been way worse than it was last year, but the Nuggets are a way deeper team this year than oh, they yeah. than they were last year. So <laughs> it's weird, yeah, but it is true. With all those things, like way deeper, but with all those things, I'd say yeah, an A minus to an A. But here, here's the other thing about how the importance of I think how Malone has handled MPJ that the casual fan doesn't maybe understand is they were pouring water on him last night. Right, the guys were cheering him on. I don't know if they're cheering him on if he's starting from night one or the sixth man from night one playing 25 minutes per game. Because, look, Torrey Craig, we talk about this, was a player in the playoffs who stepped up big for the Denver Nuggets. He got to start this year or got to play some big minutes this year and then got pulled out. If he never got that chance hmm. and MPJ was just handed it and he was not good and then eventually he got good, is Torrey Craig like, oh, good job, you learned on the- – no. I think the fact that he had to earn it and the fact that he had to like go through this whole process – now his teammates are dousing him with water. That's important. You think back to those exit interviews, too, when they all joked about, well, he better be good because he's been talking. In this context, <laughs> yeah. I actually don't mean it as a joke, right? Like no, that stuff no. all compounds yeah. if he's just handed the not just playing time, but by the fans and the marketing team, the, mm-hmm. hey, number two, number one guy in town type of role. I mean, I think that this stuff is far more fragile than the average fan realizes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's where Malone – uh, butters his bread. Yeah. The, 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 Manuel Moutier standing on the roof of Pepsi Center overlooking the city is like one of the defining images of that early part of this era because that was both the marketing department, yeah. everybody coming together to be like, guys, it's the MP, it's the Moutier era. Here we are. And it, and I do think that there were probably players in the locker room that thought, really, this guy's terrible in practice. He's terrible in the games. We handed him the keys right away, and I, it just was a learning lesson. So. There, there's no image of MPJ overlooking the city from the rooftop, and thank God for that. And, and I do think it Mike, might be coming. <laughs> but it's not the lead in. I do think something we forget when talking about Mike Malone is how young of a coach he is, hmm. and the fact that that Sacramento Kings job—that was his first head coaching job. This is a guy in his mid forties. He's still a very young coach in NBA standards, and. You know, he's learned from all these situations that he's had to deal with. He learned from the Emmanuel Moutier situation and how the Nuggets handled that. He learned from the Yusef Nurkic situation and how everything was handled there. And I think he's grown as a coach and gotten better at, at making these tough decisions because of some of the things that he's been through and some of the things that the Nuggets have been through over the past couple of years. I find it hilarious that you called him a young coach because – 
he is a young coach. But if you look at him now to his 2015 introductory press conference, <laughs> the dude has aged, man. Yeah. Have you noticed this? Yes. Have you guys looked at we, – we should post well, like a side-by-side -side of him like being introduced. Part of it is the clean shaven. Yeah, he never used to have any type of facial hair. He always used to be clean shaven. Now he's usually got a little goatee or beard going I on. I want him to look bring young that and up. Look at this. He's young. Now look at him. The beard is gray, like full-on gray. That's why when he's losing it on the sideline, I'm like, half of it is for his mental health. And I'm like, <laughs> man, you got to chill. Dude, I, think, I think we went off. Oh, no. What? Seeing if we have some technical difficulties here. I, don't I like the idea of Malone um, sitting in the hotel room right now in Washington watching this live and being like, those <laughs> mother, those MFers calling me old looking. We just gave him an A for how he handled the MPJ situation. <laughs> Good news is, you know what he's not doing. <laughs> That's true. Um, another one. How does this affect MPJs? Not how should it, how will it affect how Michael Malone handles MPJ going forward. I, we talked about this a little bit last night. Brendan, I want to hear your thoughts. Well, I, I'm sorry. How do you mean that question? It's more Does he play more? I Does he play I, different minutes? You know, yeah, I think he has to now. I think that sort of whatever the threshold is for it's an MPJ game in the second half that Malone's been using, I think that has to start leaning more towards the longer leash, if that makes sense. Um, I don't think it needs to be a, a blowout anymore. Um, in fact, you might need to start looking at it as maybe he can help you win a lot of these tight games. So I do think maybe we're looking at three to five more minutes in the second half. Yeah, I think his playing time will continue to increase. And um, we talked about this on the podcast last night as well, but along the lines of what Vote just said, how he can help the Nuggets win games, he can help the bench unit be a whole lot more effective, especially on the offensive end of the floor. If nothing else, just more fun to watch, which I know Malone doesn't care about, but I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah I do too. that bench thing has gone he from a slog to a, a joy. He was the shot in the arm. Yeah. No kidding. Like, for excitement. Yeah. I mean, like, this whole this team, I don't want to say that they felt like they had reached their potential or anything like that, but they had reached sort of like where we – they were familiar in a way that wasn't exciting, right? Like, we – we know what they look like good. We know what they look like bad. And the mystery in each game was which one were we going to get. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't a mystery of, like, there's something new coming. Michael Porter Jr. now is new. Yeah. There's going to be just new things that happen now and, like, new developments. What's the Jokic? Is there going to be an MPJ Jokic chemistry? Is there going to yeah. be a Murray MPJ chemistry? Yeah. And that unknown just makes him so watchable. His watchability factor right now is absolutely off the charts because you never quite know what you're getting. You don't know if you're going to get a 10 of 11 a night 10 of 11 night again. You know, you don't yeah. know if he's going to catch a rebound, dribble it up the floor, start the break, and just pull it from 25 feet. Are and, you, and that unknown just makes it so much more exciting. Uh, not from a logical standpoint, for, from a fun standpoint, are you rooting for him to shoot it every time he touches it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's true, right? Yeah. And I don't even care about actual like play type data. I just know I could watch Grant go right to left, I could watch Plumley post up, or I could watch MPJ pull up, yeah. and I know which one I want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm with you guys on that. Here's I think not just the minutes going up, which I may be a little bit less bullish than you guys on that. Like, look, Malone's Malone, man. Um, he he's if anybody were to give MPJ a DNP tomorrow night, it would be Michael Malone. Um, so I'm not certain that I do think that there's going to be a little bit longer leech. I think this was a big moment, but I don't know that we're like oh 20 minutes per game coming up. No, like, I don't think that. At I don't all. even know about 10 minutes per game coming up. I think it's more going to be a case-by-case -case basis, which you know some of Malone's decisions are based on opponent, based on how the matchup looks that night. But just generally, yes, he's going to get a few more minutes here and there, I think. A little bit of a longer leash, too. But more to me even than the minutes is, are they just going to run stuff for him? And I, I think the answer is yes. Not not like run ISO plays and this or that, but just involve him more in the offense. There's a little bit of a, oh, hey, here's a thing we can start to do with you. And when I talk about a Jokic-MPJ two-man game, that's part of what I'm talking about is, yeah. all right, here's that play that they always run for these two guys. Here's that play you always run for for uh, Murray and MPJ or whatever. Yeah, and Jokic didn't even play really with MPJ a ton the second half last night. And yeah. um We've always thought this season that those two have just had just this inherent chemistry together. and um, But that was the coolest part of the game for me last night in, in that third quarter when he had those 10 straight points for Denver. And they were calling actions for him every time down. They were looking to get him the ball. And for much of this season, he's just been that kind of standstill shooter on the wing. 
And I felt like for the first prolonged stretch last night, we saw him as just a part of this offense. I mean, the game plan by the end of the that second half stint was get him the ball. Yeah, <laughs> they were going to him every play. Yep, yeah. as they should have been. Is this going to be his season high? You had a prediction he'll score 30, yeah. Harrison, and it would have been so beautiful. <laughs> got it immediately. One of 20 already coming true on January 2nd. I still believe in that, and Jokic barely, you know, didn't play a lot last night and zero assists. So what if there's a it's night crazy. where MPJ's feeling it, Jokic is playing. So and he didn't even really get going until that third. Like, he had a nice first right, half. I think he right. had seven in the first half. But he didn't really get hot until that third quarter. I do think he's like a microwave player. Like the way he he descended from rhythm to hot to fully unconscious. Yeah. He enters a zone in the way that those real scorers do. This is one of the things that's so exciting about the Nuggets is I think they now have three guys that can be that unconscious. And I think MPJ is probably the most of them all. I think if you went in order, it'd be MPJ, Murray, Jokic. Mm. Like Jokic Mm -hmm. has been like on fire before, but I – I've never felt like oh he's going to make seven eight shots in a row on seven straight possessions. Right. I'd agree with those with those rankings. Yeah, but now you can have this is what happened with the Warriors at the height of their prime was that Steph Curry would be on fire and teams would be like okay we just have to put two guys on him so he doesn't shoot it. Oh Clay Thompson's now wide open now Clay Thompson makes three in a row and it's like okay we got to go over here. I could see a scenario where that happens. Murray is on fire. Teams are taking him away, but it comes at the expense of now Will Barton's wide open and mm-hmm. MPJ's wide open, and you just it could start to snowball. I feel like it can start to snowball, well, especially because he's six ten too, right? Because eventually it's going to be mismatched city. You can't guard him. Yeah, exactly. you can't guard him small. You can't. Sw- and this is what I talk about when I talk about Malone. I don't think has necessarily tweaked the playbook a whole lot. Although there are a few plays that they have gone to. Maybe next week we'll get into some what makes this play great. Some some things that are almost like specific MPJ things, but they're. MPJ six foot ten, Will Barton is six foot six. A lot of the actions between Gary Harris and Will Barton teams just switch, because like, what's the difference? There's not that much. There's a big difference between Gary Harris and, and yeah, Porter Jr. Now, I don't know if you could switch him yeah. anymore. And I think mm-hmm. Denver can start to set the table now with okay, initial action, pin down screen there. If they switch, they're screwed. We're not going to just ISO MPJ, mm-hmm. but now they're already behind. So, I think that's stuff like that is what I think we start to see a little bit more. Um, with him what about lineups mpj has kind of had the same rotation but if he becomes a bigger piece of the of the roster are there lineups you're really looking forward to seeing start to play more minutes together well obviously the big one is Jokic and mpj those two playing together we've seen that a little bit we've applauded mike malone for how he's it definitely seems like he's looked to get those two on the floor together especially in the first quarter um so obviously those two together I think like MPJ and the starters, like minus Murray. Oh, okay, with Monte. With Monte, like like that combination seems like it would lead to some why, pretty why basketball. Why Monte instead of Murray? Because I feel like it'd be easier to feature like an MPJ if Murray's not out there, and because um, Monte's never really looking for his. Right, you know you can get MPJ coming off screens more instead of just, you know, Murray initiating actions with the ball in his hands. Get the ball popping a little more with the lineup like that. Send us, while we're talking, send us, I want to hear what lineups you're interested in, in seeing from this Nuggets. Now that, MPJ lineups, now that he's in there. What about you, Vote? Um, you know, I just like we've been trying to figure out ways to, to get Gary some rest, less minutes in game. Just real simple, sliding Barton to the two, MPJ at the three. Mm. I just think that's – you know, may, I don't know, maybe long term, maybe next season, that's what the starting lineup looks like. So mm. maybe getting some looks at it now. I'm, I'm interested in the Murray MPJ Jokic minutes. Mm-hmm. It, it, here's the thing. Denver, I think, cr- creating the most spacing you possibly can. I don't know if Denver has done that so, too, too often this year. And that Murray Jokic two-man game with a little bit of extra spacing to me is going to be great. MPJ at the four, or if he doesn't know the plays, which has been one of the things. Maybe, I don't know that Malone will ever go to this, but Wancho at the four, MPJ at the three, and then Murray and Barton or Murray and Harris. To me, those are lineups that I think just score every single time down court, and I want to see them. They're not going to be great defensively. They're going to be very vulnerable. And another reason why you want to see the Murray-MPJ-Jokic three-man combo like those could be your three horses. You know, Those yeah. could be your three bell cows How going do they forward. Play? I want to see actions that involve yeah. all three. So we got to get a little bit of an idea, or it really would be a good idea to get a little bit of data to see how those three play together. Yeah. Because coming into next season, MPJ you know, stays on this trajectory. Those could be you know, your big three. 
we have any other MPJ thoughts? I get, how, about, how about this? Go, let's go. Let's look ahead real quick. At Washington, how much does he play tomorrow night? Man, I I would play him a lot of minutes tomorrow night. It's Washington, and like the hype train's rolling. They're gonna Washington scores. They're great offense. They do. Bertans is probably going to hit like seven threes. Malone's instincts against teams like that is okay. They're a good offense. We're going to have to bring our defense. And I mean, he's not wrong. Well, did you see my stat from last night? What was it? Nuggets are seventeen and one when scoring one hundred eight points or more. Seventeen I know that's kind, and one. I know that's kind of a random it, number. It's also a bit, but it, the the thinking is when they score a lot, they win. Like that. That's kind of a little bit of thinking there. Yeah, but also that's like intuitive, right? If you score a lot, chances are you outscored more than the person. So it's a little reductive, but 17-1, and one, man. This is Scott Hastings' thing. He's been on this for two years, that Denver needs to blow teams out of the water more yeah. than they need to stop them. I mean, I want to see what people are saying in the periscope hey, here. Fight fire with fire, I think, man. Play MPJ. Also, just there's four. Like, you're probably going to win the Washington game. I know it's not easy. It's, like, it's a like, tough game, actually, I think. For sure, but, like, I don't know. It's more. I think it'd be way more important to like keep this going for MPJ if he can build any sort of baseline of confidence. That doesn't just change your long term trajectory. It changes what this season looks like. So if he comes out and he lays an egg, or it's a close game, and you don't like the way your defense is looking, fine. Don't give him that second half stint. But if he is in any kind of rhythm in the first half, throw him out there in the second. Let him ball. So here's um here's why MPJ breaking out at this point in the season is big. I think. A, the schedule. Here's how the rest of Nuggets' January lines up. 15 games in 28 days. Nine of those are on the road. Four sets of back-to-backs, mm. including the toughest back-to-back of the season versus Utah at Milwaukee, which is just brutal. Two matchups with Houston, one on one at home, one on the road. You need a little extra juice in a time like this. Kind of the dog days of the season a little bit before the deadline, before the All-Star break. You need a, a little extra something. And I think MPJ can provide that. The die again? Yeah. What'd you have? I thought you had something there. Yeah. What was I saying? Oh yeah. You need a little extra juice in in January. Kind of the dog days of the season. Heading into the All Star break, the trade deadline. I feel like I got some juice now, man. Yeah. This last week has given me the juice. Yeah. And another thing about how the schedule is right now. We can talk about this like in greater detail, but does MPJ's breakout change the Nuggets thinking at the trade deadline? Because I think mm-hmm. it might a little bit. How? How so? I don't. Talk me into it. Because I think with this MPJ breakout, there's a little less pressure on Denver to make a move at the deadline. And you can say, okay, he's our deadline acquisition. He's the guy who oh, can okay. take us up another tier. Now, if I'm the Nuggets, I still think – I maybe look to add something, but I think it takes the pressure off them a little bit to make a big move. I, I know the front office isn't in this game. They don't like to give the like message from above, hey, play these guys. But I do wish they would play the Wancho-MPJ combo with, with Jokic. Just Wancho! What's that? Wancho! Yes, I want to see it. Like <laughs> He's back. I'm telling you, there is there is something to the Nuggets having an unstoppable offensive lineup. And here's the thing. what What happened in that Houston game against Denver? Well, Mike D'Antoni put his offensive, awesome, awesome offensive lineup that's vulnerable defensively, but he put it out there to start the fourth quarter and to start the second yeah. quarter, and both times they went on huge runs because other teams have to make the decision to change up their own rotation yeah. or you really risk a nuclear disaster. And that's what happened to Denver. 10-0 run to start the fourth quarter, and the game was over. Well, can Denver have their own sort of nuclear weapon there? That's Is it going to get murdered? Hopefully not. You know, you want to give it some time. But is it a lineup that when other teams come in, they go, man, Denver sometimes throws out Jokic, Wancho, MPJ, Barton. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a, a lineup that can just yeah. – or even Beasley. Let's say Beasley mm. and Monte. And it's like, yeah, that lineup's going to get scored on. But, man, you're talking about four three-point shooters and cutters around Jokic mm. with all with athleticism. Why not? The only thing is um, – Wancho's been far more of a shooter in theory than in practice thus far. Man, you know who he's not playing with all year long? Nikola Jokic. You know who Tory Craig almost exclusively plays with? Nikola Jokic drives me nuts. Look, I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm. I'm completely out on Mancho. I'm just saying it's been a long time since those open threes have fallen. So I would. I would. I would place a wager. We should make a bet on this. That like I'm good. from this point going forward, uh, like we could do like a, a, a shotgun of beer or something. But just no, that, that, what's the bet? I, I'm saying that if Wancho 
We should do like what Wancho's three point field goal percentage would be playing the four alongside Jokic. Because oh. my guess would be forty five percent. Yeah, I will take the under on that for sure. Forty five percent. I'd say like forty forty percent about. Playing, I think playing the four, he's just going to get a bunch of open looks. Now, the defensive rating is going to be like 120, 115, but the offensive rating might be 125. And like I said, it's all about having a punch that makes teams throw their rotation off. Um, Here's a different, a non-MPJ question for you. What team are you most worried about making a trade? What, te- what team? So what other team? Oh, that's an interesting question. What team is out there? You're like, man, I think Denver's got him, but Dallas for me. Yeah, probably. that's a good pick. I was just gonna say Dallas because I would be worried about a series against Dallas, but I, I think the Nuggets would have a really good shot. But like, if they get an Andre Drummond, for example, yeah. yeah, that's scary. I mean, the Clippers, Lakers, they are what they are. The Rockets, uh, I'd say the Rockets, but I think we know how a series like that would turn out still. Probably. Um, yeah. So the Mavs are probably the next team up for me. Also, the Rockets have to be cashed out in terms of moves, no? They're never cashed out. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're giving away the 20, 28 picks uh, yeah. at the deadline here. What about you? Um, I don't know. That is t- Dallas is a good one because Dallas, I do think, will be sort of Below Denver in the standing, I think. Yeah. It'll be below Denver in the standings, and then if they get a trade and they meet up in a playoffs, it could be rough. What do you guys think on the uh, on the stream? Let us know. Yeah, if there's a team out there that worries you. Portland, not necessarily. It, it's funny. It's starting to shape up. Um, Portland and San Antonio fighting for that last spot. Uh, Minnesota sort of in the mix. I guess Minnesota. They don't really scare me, but I guess if they had like some smart move in them that made them really good right now, it's funny. People have kind of talked about a Ben Simmons and Carl Anthony Towns pairing. I don't see that happening because I don't see anything yeah. of value that could go back the other direction. But yeah, pl- yeah. The, plus, they're not free agents yet, so until it's in a also, Lakers jersey. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Plus, Simmons can't be traded. I forgot yeah, he got no. the poison pill. At uh, D Ross, the third says Clips Lakers, but I, just, I think the Clips Lakers are just all what they are. We know they're going to be right. ridiculous. Yeah, they're already tough. terrifying. Yeah. 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 I would almost like if I were those two teams. I'm not trying to make a trade. Well, I'm, I'm trying to. <laughs> well, you want to talk Kuzma about some BS? The Lakers. the Lakers now maybe getting Darren Collison and the ultimate Derek Fisher move is just like the most annoying thing ever. That should not be allowed. That's so dumb. Should not Look, be allowed to retire for not even half a season. I'm getting yeah, upset. I'm, not, I'm getting upset. Let's and then just go to this. LA. Yeah, it's, I'm getting upset already talking about this stupid. Nemanja says Utah. Utah, I thought about Utah just, if they get like. What's that know. trade though? Like a Kevin Love? Yeah. Uh, you know what? If there's that like perfect little dangled trade, the trade dangled out there, but it's like, hey, we want Malik Beasley, who you guys are going to lose anyway. Well, but, my, oh, we have this great asset. The one I've always need. been uh, terrified about is uh, Malik Beasley to the Rockets, though. Oh yeah, that one terrifies oh, me. Oh, he would be t- way too good with the Houston <laughs> He'd be Rockets. So good. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Shoot forty eight percent. He'd be amazing, man. He'd be so good. <laughs> All right, what do we? Let's go to the hotline. Do we have anything that's coming now? You have to like check like five different yeah. um, reply threads. This guy wants uh, Doling. I can't pronounce it. Jamal Crawford to Denver. I don't think we're going to see oh, that. No way. <laughs> um, Jamal Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> random one. That's like in the Carmelo category. Yeah, I missed a, a bunch of others from the other stream. When By we the had way, it, it makes me no. It makes gives me no pride to say this, other than to like tell people. There were the people that were all about Carmelo Anthony when he first joined Portland and like, look, Denver should have got him. Look what he's doing. Well, what he's doing is running their season into the ground. It was already headed. It was already heading into the ground, but he kind of just like stomped on it a little more. Eight and 13 since getting him. It's it's gotten worse. That team is an embarrassment. He got a statue, though, outside of New York. Did you guys see that? He did? He got a stat? Wait, like where in New York? No, I don't think. I thought. I thought. Isn't there talk about him getting one? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I was like, this is breaking news. That's really weird. Wow. Getting a, a statue for what? One yeah, playoff he's not run? Get a statue. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's the best year of the Knicks is 40 years. 5280 MC service says trade Barton for some socks and Plumley for Gatorade. Play Bull, extend Beasley. Yeah, trade the second best player on the team. I'm telling you, man, Will Barton can like go seven to ten from the field, and people still want to trade him. Yeah, I mean, just I don't even have anything to say to those. Uh, Beasley to Lakers scares me. 
Yeah, that would scare me too. I can't imagine the Nuggets would trade Beasley to the Lakers. What would they get back in return? Somebody Lakers fans really think like a uh, Kuzma, like Beasley. If Nuggets have to trade like Beasley in a first. Well, but the Lakers one asset to trade Kuzma. is Kuzma, but I think the book is away. kind of out on Kuzma. Yeah, yeah, the, the book should have been out a long time ago. Rotation projections for next season, Beasley. Who do you think Ooh, is the top? Nine in the Nuggets rotation next season. The nine guys you think are in the rotation. Jokic and Murray are all all but locks. Michael Porter Jr. is all but a lock. Um, I think Jeremy Grant is a lock. I agree. Whew, this gets tough. I think Will Barton is a lock. That's only five. Man, this is really hard. <laughs> we might be out of locks. I think we're out of lock because Jerry Harris is a near lock to me, but near projecting a little ahead here. I think maybe if MPJ moves into the starting lineup, it's at the expense of Gary Harris. That's like, a good like, question. Like who, was yeah, saying. who would it be at the expense of moving Will Barton? First of all, if everybody was on the roster, I think Gary Harris would start. Will Barton would be the sixth man. The yes. question is, this summer would they? Yeah. trade one of those two guys and if so gary's maybe the more likely one to be traded i think so yeah i think so so jamal barton mpj grant Jokic, gary as the six there monte wouldn't be the sixth guy though right I, right yeah, he's, he's sure, just like yeah. number six in this in this thing um i mean I don't think Monte is like a guy you're, you're saying, oh, no way we're ever trading him. No way we're ever looking for an upgrade there because I do think a big upgrade at backup point guard could go a long ways. Mm. Um, big but, upgrade. Yeah, like if you were able to get a Dinwiddie at, at backup point guard or something like that. But um, Denver needs speed. They need a speedy guard. Like and just need, some more length. And length. Yeah, oh, man, Dinwiddie would be incredible. But he's, he's out of the price range. Yeah, I mean – Maybe Dozier. In my 20 prediction, I said Dozier will be on the roster full-time next year. Uh, but I think Monte's back next season. So, so Monte. That's seven. Gary's, so Monte's probable. Gary a probable. I'm going to say, what about Millsap? I'm going to go probable. Oh, Millsap. Yeah, Millsap I think is back next year too. So that's eight. But we can't it's say not a lock, though. Yeah. He's not a lock because who knows. He's not going to be on the roster next year. So that's interesting. Yeah. What percentage would you put that you think Millsap is back next year? 60. I think I might go a little higher. 70. I have no idea. I know. I mean, these are like shots yeah. in the dark. The Nuggets can this. provide Paul Millsap a couple things that a lot of other teams can't provide. 20 minutes a game and the chance to win a championship. He His comment last year at the end of the year about this is how he wants his story to be told just made it seem to me like he wanted to end it here. Yeah, yeah. I think so. so. And he's got more to give, so we'll see. Also, think about what a great situation he's in. He was awesome to start the year. He's not really hurt, but Denver's just like, yeah, we're we're gonna. You're a little banged up. We'll let you sit. Paul Millsap will be there when the Nuggets need him. Yeah, he'll be there at the end of the year in the playoffs. What do you got for us? Should we go to questions? Yeah, go for it. Uh, David Katow is MPJ finally the one that gives the Nuggets the national media attention mm. they deserve? Two good games, and all of a sudden the media is wondering if they are title <laughs> yeah. contenders. It's a good question. The answer is a resounding yes. A resounding yeah. yes. It, so it, go ahead. Jokic is as great as he is. His game just doesn't sell Sports Center commercials, right? Like it's just right. It's, it's hard to get his game like into the mainstream. I know I everybody my here. Game to be here. Everybody here locally loves him, and he's going to be a local, you know, whatever hero or whatever. But I don't think that he's going to get you twenty-five games on ESPN per year. Jamal Murray's just not quite good enough right now to right. be that guy. Like I he's, would agree. He's a very good player, and I think his style is entertaining. He's just not good enough at it to do that. Michael Porter Jr. captures the attention. When he hits these shots, they are like incredible shots. I mean, they started talking, they being the national media, about MPJ and the Nuggets over the summer yeah. when it was announced he was available, ready to play, before we'd even seen him. So, yeah, man, I mean, this is this is marketable on a national level. Mm -hmm. This is a guy that really probably, don't kill me for this, belongs in a major market, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, he does take Denver, I think. They, the whole Q score raises. Yeah. He's marketable as a person. Um, I think the Puma thing is marketable. His game is marketable. He's got a game that just like screams Sports Center top ten, and um, he's a celebrity. Like Michael Porter Jr. is a celebrity. Yeah, people. A little bit of how about how we talked about Bol Bol as a celebrity and how popular he is. MPJ has some of that too. Um, top recruit, you know, throughout his entire high school career, uh, a guy like the name Michael Porter Jr. I've probably known and heard that name. You know, for these last six years, five years, 
people have known who Michael Porter Jr. is for a while now. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I interesting question. We've all joked about Yoke not caring if he's the face of the team, and I think it can be a little overstated because I do think he cares about being the face of the style of the team. I think he I think he wants to set the tone of how the game is played, but assuming that is the case that Michael Porter Jr. fits into Jokic ball and augments it also obviously you're going to ISO MPJ you're going to use him outside of Jokic ball sometimes but assuming they fit in how do you think the dynamic works between the big three the quote-unquote big three of Denver if MPJ is the guy that is all the interviews all the highlights all of the conversation this goes back to that Malone conversation we were having earlier about the importance of making it making him earn it because this is all speculative but couldn't could you not conceive of Jamal Murray maybe being rubbed the wrong way if all that stuff is handed to him on a silver platter um, so that'll be interesting. I also don't know, like, what does Jamal's game look like if he's the third guy on a team, right? And 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 not the face off the floor. So it'll be curious, I think. I'm not sure. I actually think it's really interesting, too. If all three guys scored 25 points in the same game, the headline is MPJ goes for 25 I, and Nuggets win, right? Absolutely. I'm not saying that's what, we, what we're saying. I'm just saying on ESPN, when you click on it, it's going to be like MPJ goes for 25. Yeah, for sure. Murray and Jokic combined for 50. Brian Windhorst <laughs> talking about his, his injury status on the jump. You know, yeah, exactly. That's where, we'll, that's where we'll be at. That's where we're headed. Interesting. What else we got? Um, fringe guy, given MPJ's performance last night, how much of my life savings should I put on the Nuggets to win a title? I'd say roughly all of them, and don't <laughs> ask your wife. Um, <laughs> what about rookie of the year? It's like impossible, man. Yeah. Is it, it too late for him to get in the rookie of the year conversation? Nobody's running away with it, right? Fifteen minute per game, fifteen to twenty minute per game guy with a role that could be building later in the season on a top two team in the West. He's just got a lot of work to do to catch John yeah. Moran, I think. And I also oh, think yeah, a job, lot of the, the impressions are made with this stuff early on in the season. Oh, totally. Totally. Game, so. yeah. For him it's not though, because he's so new that the whole like, okay, now he's getting his chance. I mean, sure. there's an easy narrative there of like, well, Malone didn't give him a chance, but once he got it, he ran with it or whatever. Uh, again, not saying it's true, but that's a sell you can make. Here's the other thing working against him. We know the Ben Simmons, uh, Donovan Mitchell rookie. And if you did, <laughs> if you did the like, well, he's not technically a rookie, and he didn't start playing till January. <laughs> that's he better be scoring thirty a game. Yeah, but he doesn't know the play, so he's still a rookie. Yeah, that's um, true. That's a great point. <laughs> t- uh, Timothy Pierce, does MPJ's emergence make a trade more or less likely? Is the same one we got over yeah, here? I think we just did well, that, one. that was just my question oh, like, okay. to myself. So, so we you kind of answered Pierce, that We found his burner. <laughs> but I'm shouting you out. <laughs> we, found, we found Pierce. Harrison's burner account. Uh, Peter, Market, Peter Martin at Bucket since 88. If Barton, Harrison, MPJ are all on the roster next season, we just touched on this, who is most likely to come off the bench? I'd say Barton. Barton. Yeah, yeah just because he's been there before. And, and he's just more versatile. And you like Harris's but, defense right. in the starting lineup? Gary Harris on the bench I don't think elevates the bench. We'll Gary Harris in a bench role, I just think, is a really different f- feel of a player. Yeah. yeah, It's a really so different player. I would agree. Okay, price 303. We talk a lot about the silly take fouls and ref complaining, but is there another top 15 player, that's generous, who gets a tougher whistle than Jokic? Uh, touch fouls against, rarely gets and ones, five three pros for 36 minutes in an MVP can- campaign, et cetera. Well, that's the thing with the Nuggets as an entire team. They don't shoot any free throws. They haven't this entire year. I think they're shooting the third fewest free throws in the league this season. Jokic is getting more free throws now that he's going into the post. There's certain things you do that generate free throws. Right. And, like, one, athletically attacking the basket is probably the number one thing that does. I mentioned this the other day. Finesse players, especially bigs, have a hard time drawing fouls in part because – the other day, Jokic pump fake Clint Capella, who jumped over his back, landed on him, and Jokic kind of like laid the ball up and missed. But he didn't like he barely jumped, he barely moved, and you could had be he like gone up strong. Well, into, no, you yeah. could just say like that contact only had a little impact on him. Well, it actually made a bunch of impact because Jokic was trying to gently like touch the ball up there. But if he would have jumped up and Capella would have fouled him the way that he did, Jokic would have fallen down because it's like a mid-air collision. So I think referees look at the contact and go, oh, that's minimal. But on a finesse player, minimal contact is important. On an athletic player, minimal contact makes them fall on their butt. Yeah. He also draws a lot of fouls on the floor, just not a yeah. lot of shooting fouls. Yep. I do think he also, to be fair, gets away with a lot of stuff. He is a grabber. Yeah. He is an arm hooker. He is. Um, he does flop a little bit. So, and, and the other thing is, too, Jokic's ascendance to top 15, I would say top eight status, has happened pretty quick. 
and you know the team still has has anything to show for it. So he has not earned any sort of like le- leniency from the refs. I don't think. I think he. I, I'll disagree with that part. I think he's earned probably a better whistle than he gets. Sure, but probably. I also think that. Drawing fouls is a skill that he just hasn't mastered yet. Yeah. There's a way to get the referees to blow a whistle on the contact he's already getting that he just hasn't figured out. But, but it is, a, I think, categorically the case that, like, you watch Anthony Davis, you watch Joel Embiid, they get sneezed on, it's a foul. Oh, and, yeah. and Yoke's got mm-hmm. a, a, t- a higher mountain to climb, I think. Yeah. He's um, going to have to learn how to use his body differently. From Cody Rourke. This is the at Locked On Broncos host. MPJ's yeah. length and movements remind me a lot of KD. Is it safe? It also to say reminds that? MPJ a lot of yeah. KD. <laughs> okay, but that was silly until MPJ played basketball last night. Yeah. Let me ask you guys: Is that just just at the grassroots level like a fair comparison for the budding player he is? Yeah, I think so. Comparison, sure. Like, I mean, yeah. comparisons are always helpful and misleading, right? Because then you start to think, well, he's not exactly like him, and how dare you compare to this or that till he proves himself as this or that or whatever. So, comparison, yes, it's fair, um, but there are some differences. One, MPJ has like a lot of athleticism. KD almost seems like this is weird to say. KD seems longer and stronger, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm just remembering this version of KD and not the rookie year KD. But one thing about MPJ, the ball does kind of seem to get knocked out of his hands a little bit. He had a great bucket the other day where he kind of spins into a double team. He dropped the ball twice in one play and still got a bucket out yeah. of it. But plays like that just seem to happen to him more than I remember them happening into KD, where he gets knocked a little bit and he rattles the ball. Oh, was. Does Kevin KD seem a little, a little just like quicker? Does he have yeah. a little bit more of a quick gene than MPJ? I I think a lot of it has to do with the handle that he developed. Yeah, MPJ needs to work on his handle. He's got mm-hmm. some nice moves, but he needs to get a little tight. His his handle's a little loose. Yeah, I don't. It's it's absolutely a fair comparison. Their bodies are very similar. I think they're cut from a similar cloth for sure. I mean, obviously, it's like one of the biggest ifs. Will he get to KD levels? But MPJ shot so beautiful, man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think you're you're talking about a guy who has a chance. This should be the worst MPJ ever is. That's what's exciting. This is the worst version of MPJ the Nuggets should get. You'd like to think so. Uh, Cade Walker on the Periscope says, uh, Katie said the motion offense that Golden State ran is fine until you need a bucket. Kerr agreed. Is MPJ that guy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. This is we we were talking about this before, so we can get into it now. To yeah. me, this is a bit. I, I I push back a little bit on this idea in this way. Having great players makes your motion offense better. It makes it better. Do you need a counterpunch to it? Absolutely. And one of my big questions with the Denver Nuggets right now is, can Malone has a tough job because. Two, three years ago, everybody depended on Jokic to generate offense because that was the only way they were ever going to get offense. And if they would have gotten to the playoffs in 2017, they probably would have gotten beat because the defenses would have at least made it difficult enough that they. I don't know if they had a second option there. Mm-hmm. Jokic has gotten better in the post. Jamal Murray has gotten a little bit better one-on-one. MPJ looks to be by far the best of all three of them at that thing. But to me, that that value, the value of that part of the game is only unlocked once you lock the first part. To me, the ideal fit is that it's 80-20, maybe 90-10 in the regular season, 90% ball oh, yeah. movement. Oh, yeah. You work it, you run your offense, 10% you have the what works breakdown. In the playoffs, I'll even go as far as to say 70-30. You're not gonna, Denver's not going to get to the playoffs and be like, okay, time to ISO MPJ, time to po- ISO post up Jokic. No, you still have to have that system, and it needs to flow from one action to the next. And one of the things that concerns me so much is that as Denver has gotten better, they've become less reliant on what we call Jokic ball. But I don't think less reliant in a good way. I mean that in a bad way. Yeah. I just think I agree with most of what you said there. But I I just think when you get into the playoffs, we've seen it time and time again. The free-flowing offense that teams have run the regular season just hasn't worked the same way and at the same level in the playoffs. what, what, What are we talking about here? The, the Warriors? Warriors? Okay, so the Warriors win in 2015. Yeah. They go back in 2016, and they are up three games to one before Draymond Green gets in trouble. And then, by the way, before 
maybe the best back-to-back finals performances ever by two players. But, I mean, even the Warriors at other points in the playoffs against the Rockets in those series, their offense did not flow how it had in the regular season in some of those series. Against, against with the KD version. Yeah. Yeah, not not with the, the other version that was 100% reliant on them running their system. They beat the crap out of them. Yeah. I just think reaching that, like, Spursian ideal is so unlikely. The Spurs also another sure, but, example. Sure, but they're, like, you, the furthest end of that you, spectrum. You know what I think is unlikely? Denver having the talent to be an ISO team that wins it. that's the point. That's, Michael Porter Jr. is that type of player. He's oh, like, I, man, I don't know. Kevin Durant was that type of player, and he didn't get there alongside Russell Westbrook, who was also that type of player. I'm saying you want to be built on, on the motion off it. Like that, Man, we have a big disagreement here. That needs to be what carries you throughout the playoffs. But there are going to be times in the playoffs when you just Having need the ability to. A bucket. Especially if you're being – like, think about – we talk about mismatches too. Think about what Rodney Hood did to Denver in the playoffs. There will be games well, – Jamal Murray had a terrible game seven. And, and like, Denver just needed him to score a little bit more than he did. But just think about MPJ being that guy too. I mean, like, you – you're running your offense. The other team's got a good feel for it. They're playing good D. Your stuff's not working. You've got a 6'10 mismatch nightmare who can rise up and shoot over anyone. Sometimes you do need that. What's that the raise your I'm not saying that you don't need it. My 70-30, I'm sticking by my 70-30. Yeah, far I, I think more, that's, that's accurate. Far, Denver is going to be a ball movement. If they're going to win a championship with this cast of characters, they are going to be one of the best ball movement teams sure. that we've seen. Definitely. That also has the ability in a pinch to go to these guys. I think Yoke, that's what we're MPJ. saying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but to me that's 70-30. And and to me yeah. to get there. <laughs> I think I, we're all in agreement. Yeah, I am much more concerned about Denver's ability to get the ball movement aspect of this going than I am about their one-on-one scoring aspect. Okay. Because we haven't seen it for 2 years, consistently for 2 years now. They just have not been a very good ball movement team. Yeah. I no, feel like they true. lost it. It's true. And I don't think they lost it because teams have scouted them and teams are doing this. They don't flow from one action into the next very well anymore. And it has been a slow, steady decline from I mean, look, man, what are we asking? Like, do they need to be the best version of themselves offensively to have any chance? Yeah. But all of that is just easier now with MPJ, who I also think is not necessarily a pick-or-choose type of player. Oh, he's, I think the, he can be both. The, yeah, exactly. There's a version of him that fits quite nicely into that ideal Plays it well alongside Jokic, cuts well, etc. The most, one of the most impressive parts about MPJ's game to me this year has been how much he is focused on fitting in. Because to me, it seems very unnatural for him to not be the first option, and he has tried really, really hard to fit into a team system. Would you agree? Oh yeah, definitely. It's, There's not a lot of like, the, oh, what's he It's been doing? the one thing that's one of the things that's really jumped out. He's made it a point to fit in, and I thought. Over you know the first couple months of the season, he was maybe even fitting in too much. Right, you know mm-hmm. he he was not doing some of the things that he had done throughout his entire career yeah. that that made him the player he was. Yeah, in that last game, he was not trying to fit in. Was yeah, he? he was doing his thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's still something to be said, I think, for planting those seeds in his brain. Like that's a really encouraging development because that stuff is going last night. Like that's gonna happen. That's gonna come out of him. But have you planted these seeds effectively? That when he's playing with the starters, when he is an eleven for twelve. Can he be concerned with X, Y, and Z? Seems like he's trying, and that's huge. Um, you, another one? What are uh, Derek the DJ Johnson? What are the odds that Jokic makes the All Star team? Ninety-seven um, percent. Yeah, really high. He has not. He didn't have a hot start, um, but I still think that he is. He's pretty much a lock to be there. Yeah, he's <laughs> Bad for Jokic is still All Star level. It still bummed me. And out. like they're a top two team in the West. Like they need an All Star. I don't like. I don't. You know, you're the fool if you get upset about this stuff. But like, it's kind of annoying that Christos Porzingis has more votes. Um, uh, oh yeah. What happened? Uh, WC underscore buckets. Um, what happens to the starting lineup if MPJ was to be in there? Who would sit? What would that look like? Definitely will. Like right now, right it would definitely now be, be Will Barton. Barton. He, and again, it's just because mm-hmm. he's more. A, he's more capable of being a six man than Gary Harris is, sure. in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yep. I think we covered that. Mitchie five two eighty. Who has more perceived value from other teams, in our opinion, between Harris and Barton the third? Ooh, I like this question. This is really interesting. Not that we know. I would say Gary Harris, definitely. You think? Yeah. He has more perceived value. I think he has more value. Could you view him as having more upside? Because it's not. He's like, like Gary's four years still... younger than Barton. Yeah, but don't you feel like Barton got better this year, whereas yeah. Gary Harris maybe did not? Yeah. I think it's Gary pretty clearly. All right. I don't know, man. Especially when you factor in contract. It's shorter. 
the Barton contract. Did he have one more year left? Yeah, Gary's got two. Yep. But, I mean, you could also say Gary's on a, a pretty low deal for the next two years. Man, that's Team a great control. question. I don't know. I yeah, don't know that. That's a tough one. That is, a, that is an interesting one. Um, what could Malik and or Wancho fetch uh, the That's second half, though? I like. Uh, do you want to drive assets or a player? Uh, you trade for assets or a player? I think you want assets. Uh, I think I think we n- kind of have a feeling of what the playoff rotation is going to be almost. The five starters, Monte, MPJ, Jeremy Grant, and then maybe Mason Plumley on a night here, a night <laughs> there, and maybe Torrey Craig. I feel like that's a pretty solid rotation, you know, unless you're making like a big move, like a Drew Holiday move, which you're obviously not getting for just Malik and Wancho. Right. So Den- I'd say assets. Denver also has picks. to look ahead to the summer, and they they're going to have some open roster spots. They have to tell ask the answer for themselves: Are they going to be able to get the guys that they want? Because you don't want to get into a situation next year where maybe you don't have Plumley, you don't have Tory Craig, you don't have Paul Millsap, you don't mm-hmm. have you don't you've lost all these guys and it's like, "Oh, we thought we would get guys, now we don't have anyone and we have to pick up players that just we didn't want." You know, you didn't want, and they have to be in your rotation. So, if that's the case, maybe Denver it's not so much that they're thinking this year we need a um Jay Crowder. I'm just throwing out a name, a random name here. We don't it, it, maybe they look at it and they're like, "Yeah, we don't necessarily need him this year." But we're worried we can't do better than Jay Crowder this summer. So mm-hmm. getting him for this year and next at least helps us for next year. Yeah, just do some of your work in free agency a little bit earlier. Do it a little bit earlier. Yeah. So that's the only scenario I could see because they do have some contracts coming off the books this year. They could be a little shorthanded. It could be really weird if there's a ton of turnover all of a sudden. You know, <laughs> really skip a bunch of steps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more for you. I also also when you say assets, there's also the question of like, what do you mean by that? Because this might be a terrible draft, and having the twenty fifth pick in a terrible draft is probably just not even an asset. Yeah, the back the back end of the roster could could look a lot different though, like next year. Yeah, Jared Vanderbilt. Right, Curious that's to see what he looks who, like. Who I'm thinking about yeah. mainly. At Stan Jokic, going away from MPJ because that's probably all of your questions are about, and rightly so. What seed do you think the Nuggets end up with, and what's the best possible matchups for them in the postseason? A little early, but also fun. Yeah, I like this one. I said the two on uh, my 20 predictions story. Um, their best matchup is probably the eight. Whoever is in that eight seed, if it's the Spurs. No matter who it is. What if the it's Spurs, the Blazers getting Nurkic back? Then I'd probably rather play the Thunder in the seventh spot. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. I'll be honest. I still don't know if the Utah So I'd go Spurs, Thunder, Blazers. Yeah. I still don't love that Utah matchup. We know how we feel about LA and Houston. Dallas is good and has been tough for Denver for two seasons now. Spread pick and roll team. I don't know if I like any of the top five teams other than (laughs) No, that's why getting a top two seed, I'm telling you, it's so important to get a top two seed. It's so important. This is going to be an interest. This is going to be one of those things that makes you stress all the way to the end of the year. Good news: Denver's almost locked up a playoff spot already. They are nine games ahead of the eight seed right now, which is not that we were ever concerned about them not making no. it. But at least it like you put that stress out of your mind. But as you mentioned, they're only two games ahead of the five seed Utah Jazz. And by the way, they play the Mavericks here coming up. So they play that, the Jazz coming up too. They play the Jazz coming. So there's a chance to fall all the way to the bottom of that pile, which would be a real drag. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and say I think the Spurs would be the easiest, the Blazers the second, the Thunder the third, and the – man. Like, I know the Blazers have looked like crap all year, but if they get Nurkic back with a Lillard-McCollum backcourt, man, that's a scarier team to me in a playoff setting when you don't have to play your bench as much, and we know how crappy Portland's bench is than the Thunder are. This is the dumbest – this is not analysis. <laughs> this is stupid – but there's just something about going up against Nurk and Carmelo that would make very, 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 very nervous series as a fan. Yeah, that too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Melo has never won in Denver until the playoffs where he never lost. <laughs> yeah. Knock on wood, that doesn't happen. We have another one? Oh, what? wait, wait, what was the other one that you said? Oh, it was where they finish? Two seed, I think, is most likely. Not most likely, but what I predict. I'll I'll predict two as well. Who's the biggest challenger to the two? I think Houston because I think yeah. LA will will you know continue to find rest for guys as whereas we know how Houston approaches. The I'd say Houston season. and then Dallas if they make a move at the deadline like a Drummond type move. 
Gosh, Dad, this this Dallas development is annoying. Why does Denver <laughs> shoot so many shots from the mid-range? Out of both LA teams, Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, Denver is the only team taking the greatest percentage of shots from mid-range. That's a great question. Hmm. I don't know. They haven't been able to put pressure on the rim. I mean, I, I do wonder, when we talk about what type of player could Denver move and try to acquire, I do think a speedy point guard would make a huge difference in Denver. Hmm. And there's maybe there is something, too. So if there was a player type that I would say, ooh, maybe Denver's looking for for the future, if they did trade a Monte Beasley-Wancho package, could you get um, – it's hard to say a Dinwiddie type because there's not you that can't many get Dinwiddie. You, that, yeah, you there's can't. Not a Dinwiddie yeah. type. I'm just okay. talking about a point guard that can get into the teeth of the defense off the dribble. <laughs> uh, maybe that's a DJ Augustine type. Although what about a Sadoransky type. Oh man, well you're not trading that many assets for for Sadoransky. Right, you're trading one of those guys. Who's the guy? Did you say DJ Augustine? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I'm for it. Schroeder. I don't know. I'm just. Oh, for, not Schroeder. Yeah, God, I, I, <laughs> I'm th- this is some terrible, terrible names we're coming up with. But just some some point guard that's like so quick that when you Denver can space you out with where their players are on the court and the, mm-hmm. the, the pick and roll game that they have. But when you sw- swing the ball to Gary Harris and he shot fakes and drives. I don't know that he's a shot fake drive and everybody has to collapse because he's yeah. like he's more of a shot fake step into the mid range and take a jumper. Yeah. You need a guy that when that ball sw- reverses, this is what Houston did so well, by the way, against Denver in this last game. You help off of Westbrook, you swing it to Westbrook, who catches it on the fly and attacks. Denver mm-hmm. needs that. Denver might be able to use that guy. I, I don't know who it is, but Russell I Westbrook, it. go get him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out of questions. Well, that was a good show. Are you guys as hyped as we are for MPJ? I, that was that was so much fun. Okay, let's do this last one the, the, that I'm I'm giving you here. Nuggets schedule going forward. Let's just predict how these next couple of games go. They are mm, at love this game. Yeah, they are at Washington. Who wins? And how? Just give me one detail about the game. Go Denver ahead. wins because Jamal Murray gets hot. Okay. He's, he was hot to start that last game. To start. Not a great game. He's two for one, though. I'll say Denver wins, but the Nuggets' defense still is is not in a great spot. And so Washington puts up a ton of points. 125 to 118 kind of game? Yeah. Yeah. How's MBJ play in this one? Uh, Solid. I'll, 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 I'll put an MPJ stat line out there. Um, Ten points. Uh, four of... Nine from the field. Okay. Yeah. And that's the safest that's the <laughs> safest prediction of all time. At Atlanta, the revenge game? Revenge? Yeah. It would be double revenge because I'm pretty sure they lost this game in Atlanta last year. I think too. the Hawks have only no, won no, no. seven games this year. I think they won last year because it was kind of a, it's a big deal when they win. They've only won like eight times ever in Atlanta. Maybe I'm missing this up. What do you, what do you think? That's another dub. So they're going to yep, win That's a, a win. That's three, a win. If, they get, if this road trip goes three and two... Like even if they were to lose that that Dallas game, that's a good. I had said two and three would kind yep. of be the par. Um, I think they go one and one over these next two. I don't know. I think they might lose to Washington, Atlanta. I can see um, at Dallas, ESPN, our watch party. <laughs> that's a win, baby. <laughs> yeah, you can't say no. You want to come to the watch party and see a win? <laughs> yeah, we're guaranteeing it. Come on out. <laughs> All right, l- let me give you this one. Let's say Denver does it. They they win the next three. They close out with four straight wins on the road. Yeah, what's the hype train like at this point? Especially if Michael Porter Jr. plays a role That's, in it. What if I it's think just the big thing? Yeah, MPJ averages fourteen points <laughs> over this road trip. They win four of five. I mean, locally we're going crazy, and um, we're gonna think they're probably contenders in the West. Nationally, I think it'll be pretty much the same. Dallas is, right Dallas is on ESPN. If you get MPJ playing well, and it culminates with them winning four in a row. By the way, at that point, it would be something like, what, 13 of 15? Yeah. I think you'd get some hype going. I, I, I'd, I'd feel confident saying there'd be a little bit of hype. And then you come home and you've got Cleveland. You've got the Clippers on a back-to-back. God, how does Denver get like these tough games on back-to-backs? That sucks. Charlotte, Golden State. You get some bunnies. Close out this road trip. You might get your record up to like 31 and, and 13. They've been a lot of bunnies over the last three weeks, man. <laughs> it turns out the NBA. It turns out that some of these teams that were bad have like just completely thrown in the towel yeah. already. So. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of crappy teams p- playing at Pepsi Center as of late. Yeah, we'll see. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, shouts to Brett Brew who gave us these great these great beers. Colorado Core now featuring Michael Porter Jr. 
Shouts to Illegal Pete's, even though they didn't pay us for the spot. They're delicious. <laughs> we'll yeah, shouts to Illegal Pete's. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>